You're listening to episode 279 of the Membership Guys podcast. I'm your host, Mike Morrison. Today, we're talking all about customer service for membership businesses. Customer service is at the heart of the member experience. No matter how great your membership site is, you're going to have members contacting you for additional support from time to time. Whether it's a problem with their account, difficulty accessing a particular feature, or people just wanting to let you know how much they're enjoying your site, and those are my favorite kind of customer support messages, your members will want to get in touch with you. And so it's important to have an easy way for them to do so and a simple process for managing these sorts of messages. Providing your members with good customer service is an easy way to elevate their experience of your site. And similarly, a bad customer service experience will quickly turn their opinion of your membership sour. So how do you nail customer service within your membership business? We're going to be diving into that in just a sec. You're listening to the Membership Guys podcast, bringing you proven practical tips and advice from the leading experts on growing a successful membership business each and every week. And now, here's your host, Mike Morrison. All right, thanks so much for joining me this week for another installment of the Membership Guys podcast. This is the place to be for proven practical tips and advice on growing your membership. I'm so, so glad that you're spending part of your day with me. If you are a first-time listener, first of all, congratulations and welcome. We're so glad that you found our show. Make sure you hit the subscribe button within your podcast app to ensure you do not miss a single weekly dose of membership advice. And if you are a subscriber already, you're a long-time listener, thank you so much. You know how much I appreciate you tuning in each and every week. If I could beg a little, if I could ask a little, could you just hit pause very, very briefly on your podcast player and just click that review link, leave us a nice shiny five stars and maybe a couple of words about how the show has helped you and your membership business. If you are able to take that little bit of time to do that, I would so, so appreciate it. It helps us to reach more people, to help more memberships. And that's ultimately what our goal is. It's what we're all about. If you do have the time to leave us a review, make sure you hit me up on social media and let me know you've done it so I can personally thank you and I can shout you out. All right, enough begging. Back to the show. We're talking all about customer service for membership businesses. Customer service can make or break your membership. As we said in the intro, if you provide a good positive experience when someone does need to reach out to you, then that can elevate their experience of your membership, their impression of your membership overall. But someone who is quite happy with your membership, who then has a bad customer service experience, well, that can flip the script. That can turn a happy member into a raging, negative, disgruntled member who's going to go off and tell everyone how terrible you and your membership are. Think about how many times you've had great customer service and how many times you've had bad customer service and how that affects your likelihood to continue doing business with those companies and also how it affects what you say to others. So, Customer service is paramount, but the good news is it doesn't have to be difficult to get it right. 
So there's four steps that you need to follow to nail customer service for your membership. Step one is think about the different reasons, the varied reasons your members might need to get in touch with you. So the support requests that you receive might include someone having difficulty accessing their membership, maybe a feature on your website not working. So if you know that you've got a particular complex feature or you know there's something where sometimes there might be some bugs on mobile or in a different browser, again, an awareness of that uh, is important. Someone could be reaching out because they've just got a question about something that is within your content. So they're questioning the actual content and the material they want some follow-up info. Someone might also be contacting you if they want to cancel their account. Even if you've got a cancellation process in place in your membership, some people might not be aware of it or some people might just think, I'm just going to email customer support, tell them I want to cancel and leave it to them. You might also get people contacting you to provide you with feedback, good and bad. You're going to get support requests about account issues. So maybe people wanting to change their credit card details. People want to know if they can pause their membership. People who can't log in or maybe they reset their password but didn't get that email. You're also going to get support requests from people who aren't yet customers too. So you'll get pre-sales questions as well. So you're going to have a variety of reasons why people are most likely to get in touch with you. And you'll find that as your membership goes, you start to identify some of the most common reasons that people are communicating with you. That might highlight some things that you need to fix. It might highlight some things that you perhaps need to clarify in your messaging, in your onboarding, or what have you. So think about what kind of support requests you're likely to get within your membership. Every membership is likely to get the ones that I've talked about already. But again, if your membership has a particular piece of software that all members get access to, what type of questions are you likely to get about that? If your membership has their community on Facebook or on Mighty Networks or some other platform that requires someone to go elsewhere and register and sign up again, what kind of support requests is that likely to actually generate? Everything that's going on in your membership, you need to consider how that might impact the type of customer support requests and messages messages that you're likely to get. Once you know the reasons why someone might be trying to get in touch with you for customer support, it's much easier to put some processes in place to deal with the most common reasons. Step two, offer a variety of different routes to contact you. So it's a good idea to have multiple ways for members to get in touch with you rather than just having one single email address that they have to contact. If you have a few different ways for people to contact you, it can make it much quicker and much easier for your members to get support when needed, as well as providing a backup should one of your options be unavailable for some reason. So if your website is down, but the only way someone has to get in touch with you is from your contact form that's on your website, that is down and inaccessible, then you need a backup, right? So having a dedicated email address for customer support, maybe even having a phone number that people can get in touch with or a way for people to get support via Facebook Messenger. Just having two or three different ways so you're not wholly dependent on one method. Again, if the only way people can get in touch with you is via email, but for some reason the email address someone's contacting you from is being filtered, 
then your whole customer support process fails. Now, you might be worrying that if you have two or three different places for people to get support, it might cause confusion to your members, or maybe it's going to be difficult for you to stay on top of. However, the truth is, quite a lot of this stuff can actually be filtered into one end location. So your contact form and emails that are sent to your support email, you can have them routed into your help desk. So if you're using help desk software like Zendesk or Help Scout, that can all be rooted in there. Similarly, you know, you might have a little live chat widget that again gets rooted to the same place. So you don't want to go crazy. You don't want to have a dozen different ways of people getting support because that will get a little confusing, a little hard to stay on top of. But you can certainly give people two or three ways of contacting you that isn't overwhelming for them, isn't confusing for them, that isn't difficult for you to manage and provides the backup just in case one of them goes down or what have you. So your contact options could include, again, as we mentioned, a dedicated email address. It could be a contact form. You might use a specific ticketing system, so a specific help desk system that's on its own website. It's at its own URL. Maybe you do have a phone number. Again, that's going to be less common, but in some markets or maybe, you know, a model where your membership is part of a larger business, then having a dedicated support phone number might be more feasible. Maybe you have a dedicated section within your forum. So if you're using a discussion forum for your community, you could have a section for support within there. Maybe it's live chat, maybe it's in-app messaging through Intercom. Again, a lot of these can be routed to a single location to make it more manageable for you while maintaining flexibility for your customers. Because again, you want to make it simple for members to get in touch with you if needed. The last thing you want is someone cancelling out because they're having an issue, but they didn't feel it was easy to speak up or to have it addressed. Step three when it comes to managing your customer service is ensure that you have clear customer service guidelines. So it's a good idea to have some guidelines in place over acceptable use of your customer support services. So whilst most members won't need these kind of guidelines, they can definitely help to avoid any confusion or any potential problems that could arise from someone using your customer support channels to send you emails asking for personal feedback or advice or coaching and stuff like that. So be clear about what your customer service and support channels are to be used for and what they're not to be used for. So for example, can members send you questions about content? If they want follow-up information to a course that they've watched, should they be sending that to your support email or should they be posting that within your discussion forum? Is your customer support service just for questions about someone's account? Can they cancel their membership via your support form or do you want to make sure you're directing them to your cancellation process or your cancellation page on your website? So having clarity on what your customer support channels can and can't be used for will definitely help avoid confusion and avoid any awkward situations where somebody types out a novel describing their situation that they want your advice and feedback on and you have to reply to them and say yeah this is just for people who can't log into their site can you go and put that somewhere else so have that clarity around your customer service get those guidelines in place more important than that however it's a good idea to set expectations as to when someone is likely to get a response, when they're going to hear back from you. If you only answer support emails between 9am and 5pm Eastern Time, Monday to Friday, make sure that that is clear 
on your support form, on your help desk. Make sure that, you know, when you show people that confirmation after they've sent in their support form, make sure you repeat it again. Yes, thanks for that. We've got your emails, gone into our service. Our support team is active between these hours. You'll hear back from us within 24 hours or something like that, right? So set those expectations, whatever they are, and make sure they're clear so that people aren't left waiting to hear back from you or wondering whether you got their message at all. Being clear on your availability and response time makes everyone's lives much easier. By managing expectations, your members will have a reasonable idea of when they'll hear back from you, and you won't feel like you need to be glued to your phone 24-7 just in case a member emails and needs an instant response. But while it's good to have these boundaries in place, you don't need to be a complete stickler. It can be good from time to time to break from those boundaries, from those restrictions. If your member sends you an issue on a Saturday morning and you have the ability to deal with it there and then rather than waiting until your office hours start on Monday, then do so. If it's a quick fix, that's the difference between someone sitting there in frustration because they can't access their site for the whole weekend and it would take you less than a minute to sort it out then don't stand on principle. You know, it's a very, very easy win for you as a membership owner to just address that, even if it's outside of office hours. And actually, you know what? You're going to generate some goodwill from dealing with it faster than they're expected, from dealing with it outside of those office hours. So again, it's such a simple and easy win. Obviously, you're not going to need to do that or you're not going to want to do that for everyone who emails you outside of your designated support hours. But for those quick and easy wins, then it can be worth breaking from those boundaries from time to time. And then step four for handling a customer service. We generally advise people to try and answer any queries within 24 hours. The quicker that you can deal with support issues, the better. So we're not saying you have to respond instantly. You don't have to respond within 10 minutes of receiving an email with an issue, but leaving responses for three or four days just isn't going to work. That's not going to be appreciated, especially if it's with things like having problems accessing your site. Now, you might think that it goes without saying. Perhaps to you, it's just natural to want to respond to support queries promptly, but you'd be surprised. You know, um, I remember Callie telling me a story where she joined a membership site once where she didn't receive her login details, and it actually took the owner eight days, eight days to respond to her support request and provide login access. Can you guess how that left her feeling as a paying member? Can you guess how long she stayed for? You're maybe getting a bit of a hint from the fact that several years on, this, I believe, predated the membership guide. So this is going back six or seven years. And I still remember it. And it wasn't me that it happened to, right? So again, responding promptly is worth it. And we all know that life happens and that you can't and indeed you shouldn't feel like you need to be available 24-7. But it's about balance, right? If you know that you're going to be offline for an extended period of time, or if you have staff who actually deal with customer service, maybe they're going on holiday and you know that perhaps this will impact the response time, the guidelines that we established in step three, then just taking steps to make sure you have an alternative in place. You maybe bring in a virtual assistant who can respond to emails for you, even just to let people know that it's been received and that it might take a little bit of extra time, but that you're on it. 
Because the worst thing, I think, than having to wait for an issue to be dealt with is having to wait for it to even be acknowledged. If something is going to take you 48 hours to sort out, then that's fine. It is what it is. And if you tell me it's going to take that long, then that's fine. My expectations are set. Maybe it's not what I would have wanted. Maybe it's not ideal, but I'm clued up. I know what's going on. I know when to expect a resolution. If something's going to take 48 hours and I'm not aware of that, I'm going to be getting increasingly annoyed with each hour that passes. So again, even if you can't deal with things as quickly as you might want to, just making sure you actually acknowledge it, making sure that if there's a temporary issue with how quickly you can respond to stuff, you're taking steps to set expectations. Just managing expectations goes a long way and can make the difference between good and bad customer service. So following those four steps is going to help you to just be better all round at handling the customer service side of your membership. Really make sure you've thought about the different reasons members might get in touch and that you're prepared for that. Identify the most common reasons. Try and preempt this stuff. Make sure you have two or three different ways for people to contact you. Ideally, some acting as backups so if there's a problem with your website or if you have a member contact form that requires someone to be logged in to your site in order to submit a ticket obviously the fatal flaw there is if they can't get logged in they can't access the member only support form so make sure you've got some redundancies in place have those clear customer service guidelines around what can and can't be sent into your customer support team what your availability and response times are and trying to answer any queries within 24 hours or less if possible if not just make sure that you're taking steps to manage expectation these are all going to go a long, long way. However, you will find that the busier your membership site gets, the bigger it gets, the more time customer service might take up for you. So there are a few things you can do to streamline your customer service management and ensure that members still receive the support that they need as your membership scales without it eating into the time that you need for the other parts of running a membership. So some things to consider. First of all, consider creating a tour video or a welcome video that you show to new members when they first join. So if you know that you get a lot of questions from new members about how to do certain things or how to access certain features of your membership, you could probably preempt and address a lot of those questions by creating a new member tour video that actually walks them through your site. It shows them how to do the basics, how to get set up, where they can create their profile, how to start a course, how to search your library, where the community is. All these common things you can address in advance, particularly for new members within your onboarding. That kind of tour video, that welcome video that takes people through the initial stages of getting started can massively help with acclimatizing members to your site and cut down on some of those basic starter support questions like, where do I find this? How do I get to the community? How do I change my profile picture? The next thing you can do, develop a frequently asked questions section or a knowledge base. So if there's certain questions that are coming up time and time again, consider having an FAQ section that you maybe even put on your contact page. So if you've got a member support page, you can add that support form down the right-hand side. On the left-hand side, you can have a list of commonly asked questions like, how do I cancel my account? Where do I change my password? How can I download videos? And so on. 
If you want to go further, you could create a more in-depth knowledge base, which can be more comprehensive than a frequently asked questions section. So let's say you've got dozens and dozens of frequently asked questions. Maybe there's particular technical elements to your membership. Then a knowledge base basically enables you to create a searchable database of those kind of questions. And again, you could link to that. You can have that sitting alongside your support form and make it really quick and easy for members to get the answers that they need. Third thing you can do to streamline your customer service management is to hire a virtual assistant or a community manager. So if your membership is scaling and you're reaching the point where the customer service is perhaps getting to be a little too much for you, it's eating in to things like the time you've got available to create content, to market, to engage in your community, then it may be time to hand over the reins to someone else so that you can focus on the tasks that only you can do. In order for this to work really well, then it's a good idea to have specific processes and systems already in place so you can train somebody else up and so they can know what to do without having to run everything by you. So have a specific cancellation process in place. Have a specific refund process. You can even use help desk tools to actually pre-create canned responses or pre-written responses for common questions that are going to enable other people to actually deal with a lot of these customer service inquiries with greater ease. Now, you're not going to be able to account for everything, but the more systemized that you can make things initially, and you know, while you're the one dealing with customer service, the easier it's going to be to hand control of it over to someone else. The fourth thing that you can do to streamline your customer service management is to introduce self-service features to your membership. The more self-service you can use your membership site, the better. It saves your members time, it saves you time too. So a great example of this is cancellations. Most membership plugins enable you to have a process where the member can cancel their membership themselves from their account page. This is so much simpler than them having to email you at customer support to request a cancellation or to ask how they cancel. It's also really helpful if you can enable members to change their billing details themselves from within their account page, rather than, once again, having to email you and say, hey, how do I change my credit card? How do I update my PayPal address? And so on. Not only will this cut down on customer service emails, It'll also help reduce failed payments too. Someone's card has expired. Someone knows they don't have funds on a particular account. The fact that they can go in, they can change their billing details themselves without needing to reach out to you is going to be helpful all around. Other things that you might want to make self-service for members would be the ability to upgrade or downgrade their membership or even just changing their email address, their profile, their password, all these kind of things. They're not the sort of thing someone should need your intervention with. All right, so those are the four key steps that you need to take to get on top of your customer support management within your membership, as well as four ways in which you can streamline your processes to make all that stuff a lot easier to deal with. And it is well worth paying attention to this because as we said, good customer service can be make or break. A lot of this isn't rocket science. Just have clear channels of communication, respond quickly, 
be helpful as possible. Put in mechanisms and processes that try and preempt as much of these common questions, these common issues as you possibly can. And if in doubt, just try stepping into your member's shoes. Consider what you would want, what sort of support, what sort of experience you would want if roles were reversed and you were the member. Once you start thinking like that, you start putting your members first, you're on the path to good customer service. And that can make the difference between someone who loves your membership, who has nothing but good things to say about you, and someone who has been soured by a negative experience that one time they reached out to you for a little extra support and a little extra help with using your site. All right, that is it. Make sure you head to themembershipguys.com slash 279 to get today's show notes and any related links. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'll be back again next week with another installment of the Membership Guys podcast.